Before Jesus said, I am the light of the world, God had already filled our world with light. King David proclaimed, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will, be, will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, the darkness is as light to you. David had discovered that there was nowhere that we can go where God is not. Even in the pitch black darkness, God is there. And it's not dark to God. Even in the pitch black darkness, it's not dark to God. He sees all, he knows all, and even in the dark, if God is by our side, then we need not fear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you declared in your word, fear not, for I am with you. And we thank you that you are always with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, as we look into your word right now, we want to thank you for your word, but thank you for your presence. Thank you that you speak through your word. And so we avail ourselves to you now and we pray that your spirit will be speaking into our hearts. But beyond that, that we will be responsive to you. And so we just offer ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you right now as your spirit would guide us, speak to us, lead us, comfort us, encourage us. Do whatever you need to do in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we go right back to the beginning, back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis both speak of creation. They both tell the creation story. And perhaps the best way to understand them and the differences between them is that chapter 1 is more from God's perspective. Chapter 2, man is central to the story. And so in the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. Before time, before anything came to be, there was God. God has always been. And in terms of grammar, if you're into English, um, in terms of grammar in this sentence, the first sentence, God is the subject of the first sentence in the Bible. And he's actually the subject of chapter 1. He is mentioned 35 times in as many verses. It is God who commenced the creative process. Now, I don't have a clue how creation commenced. I'm not going to pretend to have some idea. Suffice to say that when the building material for the earth came into being through the will of God, only he could see and determine its ultimate form and purpose. God declares that the world did not create itself, that it didn't come about by chance, and so he moved into that which was formless and void to produce that which only he could produce. 
And he did so without any effort whatsoever. The word create in the Hebrew refers to the production of something out of nothing without any effort. That's out of our thinking, out of our concept. We, we can't understand that. It's as though God simply thinks it and it is. He speaks and it is created. God who is eternal, who has always been and will always be, he is all-knowing and everywhere present, is also all-powerful. All-powerful. For him to create involves no difficulty whatsoever. We come and we create an artwork or a sculpture and it requires hours and hours of thinking and activity. It might be days and days or weeks upon weeks perhaps for us to think through and process and create this whatever it is. God thinks it, wills it and it is. God is the almighty God. And at some point, there was darkness that enveloped and covered all that was formless and void that God had already brought into being. But verse 2 says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God is not some detached deity who, who just sort of flung things into existence, into space. He's personally involved as he took what was formless and empty and is hovering over it. The word spirit means wind or breath and the word hovering means to remain stationary in the air, overseeing, waiting and involved. And in fact the same word is used in Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. Hovering, And in this particular verse, it describes how a mother eagle cares for her chicks as she broods over them, providing care and, and personal protection. She broods, she hovers over her young. And in this verse, it's actually, Moses is actually speaking of the way that God was hovering over the nation of Israel and bringing Israel out of captivity. God was hovering over the people, over the nation. And so in creation, over that which was formless and void, the Spirit of God was hovering. He hovers over the unformed and the lifeless. And he brings life and light to that which is unformed and lifeless. And I wonder whether... Right from the beginning, God is revealing his heart. God is revealing who he is to us. God wants us to know that he is personally present in the dark and the disordered places of our lives. He is the king over the chaos that we might find ourselves in. When we're facing the unknown, the unpredictable, and we, we need to know that God is in the dark. God is hovering over and helping us so that we can trust him in these trying, dark times. 
in the chaos, in the darkness, in the emptiness, he is with us. We can trust him. The sun is always shining even when we can't see it. God is with us whether we see him or not. And the darkness that we might experience is not dark to God. It's not dark to him. And in verse 3, God made his presence known when he said, Let there be light. I pronounce it that way for a reason. We'll come back to that. He speaks into our fear, our chaos, our darkness, our emptiness, and he says, let there be light, the light of my presence to transform you. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, said, the word said means willed, decreed and appointed. So when God says it, that settles it, it's done. What he wills, decrees and appoints happens. No questions asked. The Almighty God is so powerful that he speaks and it is created. He doesn't even have to lift a finger. And in Genesis 1, the words, and God said, appears ten times. If you like, you could call it the the Ten Commandments of Creation. Step by step, God brought shape and structure and purpose to his creation, all for his glory and for our good. And again, all was effortless for God. But I read that the words, let there be light, in the Hebrew, was not an abrupt imperative command. Let there be light. It's not that. But rather a gentle production as if the lights progressively come on, growing in intensity. Let there be light. As one commentator offered this insight, God does not jerk the creation into being, but speaks it gently into existence. Contrary to all other ancient accounts of the origins of the universe, such as a Big Bang or a war amongst the gods, Genesis, the God of Genesis, simply speaks it and it gently happens, gently comes into existence. And we see this in Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath, the breath of his mouth. Isaiah 55.11 reminds us that God's word always accomplishes its purposes. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. Such is the power of God's word, both spoken and written. Power within God's word. 
but gentle. God is gentle. How he works with us. How he ministers into our lives. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet, a light for my path. It's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God speaks and gently creates and gently recreates, transforming us into his likeness. Praise God for how gentle he is with us. Have you noticed that, how God is so gentle with you? Verse 4 says that God saw that the light was good. Of course it's good. Everything that comes from God is good. Six times in Genesis 1, God creates and declares that it is good. And following the completion of creation in verse 31, he says, it says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good, very good. And so God creates something, it is good. He creates something else, it is good. Put it all together, it is very, very good. It is very good. Providing light was good for the, the presence of light brings life. Life doesn't exist without light. It produces life and it exposes that which would otherwise be hidden. The light of the word of God exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The the word of God exposes what would otherwise be hidden. That we hide from one another but it's not hidden before God. And it provides guidance so that we might live God-honouring lives. Some people, however, like to live in the darkness. And for many, they're unaware that they live in the dark. They don't have a clue they're living in the dark, in the spiritual darkness. Paul put it this way. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so, they, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory It's displayed in the face of Christ. For many, they live in spiritual darkness. They do not see Jesus as the light unto salvation. They're living in the dark and not even aware. They're blinded. But for most of us here, we have come to see the light of the gospel. We have seen our sin and we understand that Jesus' death has paid the price that we deserve to pay for our sin. Our sin debt has been cancelled because Jesus died in our place. We glorify Jesus because of his love for us. The light of love 
Grace, mercy, forgiveness radiates from within us and shines brightly into our dark world. Living in the light has brought for us clarity, peace, hope, joy, self-control, patience, goodness, so much more. So Jesus not only said, I am the light of the world, but he followed it up with, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Jesus is saying, I'm putting you on a stand in the darkness for everyone to see. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The fact that we are being transformed by the indwelling Holy Spirit and as such we are a light in the darkness We're encouraged to do good, to do good things, to do good deeds so that God is glorified, that God is praised. We're encouraged to do good deeds, not just for one another, but for those who are living in the dark, to be a light on a stand. Wherever your house is, wherever God has placed you, you're that light on that that stand. What can we do? What can you do for your workmate, for your school friend, for your neighbour? How can we be a light in the dark? In our dark world, how, what good deeds are we doing? What can we do? to show somebody who's living in the dark the light. Paul tells us in Ephesians 1.4 that even before the creation of the world, it was God's intention to make us holy and blameless in his sight. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. The creation of the world was not some experiment by God to, in a sense, see what might happen. But it was always God's intention, always his purpose to create us and then adopt us to be his children, to shine like lights in the darkness, to be holy and blameless. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Will we commit to being a light on a stand that gives light to everyone in our house? wherever that house is. Now, if you've become aware this morning that you're living in the darkness and you realise that without forgiveness you're heading for an eternal darkness and torment, if you sense God is calling you into his glorious light, then acknowledge your sin and acknowledge Jesus that he has paid the price for your sin, 
accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Let Jesus declare over you, let there be light and begin to bring clarity and hope and peace and joy into your life. Praise God that there was evening and there was morning the first day. Praise God. His mercies are new every morning. Praise God. He's hovering over our darkness when we're going through those tough, tough times. So let's stand and sing and praise God for who he is, for what he's done for us and how gentle he is with us.